Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Kristen Stoneking, the senior pastor here. And I'm Brian Adkins, associate pastor. Our mission here is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. From the past will come the future, what it holds, the mystery, unrevealed until it sees and something God alone can see. Our scripture today is Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 13, the temptation of Jesus. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you, I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Thanks be to God. Right on my tongue, let my words morning, Epworth. This is Pastor Brian. Uh, after my dad died, I went out to his workbench in the barn, and there was a box of old photos and of uh, one of his favorite fishing trips. And there was also some old pocket knives and fishing lures and Zippo lighters. And there were also several old cassette tapes, a few of his own sermons that he preached as an evangelist, and a tape of Grandma Flo's. Uh, neighbor, Sister Arlene Diamond, singing her original bluegrass gospel songs. And there was one tape labeled Gospel Singing, January 19th, 1980. And it was recorded at Grandma's church, the Dewberry Church of God. And I decided I would digitize these cassettes for posterity. 
And as I listened to the recording of the gospel saying, I heard those old familiar voices, Sister Edna Vance and the Abundant Life gospel singers and even my dad singing. But I noticed as I listened that over the amens and hallelujahs, one voice stood out among the others. One voice shouting praises in the background louder than all the other people. And you could probably guess it was Grandma Flo. And it was a comforting and sweet surprise to hear her voice again. And knowing now as I do that some of the trials and tribulations of her life at that time, I'm reminded of something she used to say to me, and I think I've said to you, you better praise God while you feel like it, because there's going to be days when you don't feel like it. Praise God for where he brought you from and where you otherwise might have been. And I've been trying to bear that in my mind these days, especially when I'm feeling trapped or isolated, to praise God anyway for where I might otherwise be. It's strange to go from resurrection back into the wilderness, but in some way it feels like that's where we are. The isolation, the uncertainty and angst. As soon as we celebrated Jesus' resurrection and the emergence from the tomb, it may feel like we've landed back in the limbo of Lent. A few people have actually described our isolation in terms of the wilderness. Luke's story of Jesus' wilderness experience is very near the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, uh, just after his baptism. Full of the Holy Spirit, we're told Jesus is led out into the wilderness. And the wilderness is a recurring theme in this old book, It's a mystic place. It's more than a place. It's a condition. The Hebrew children spent their years in the wilderness. The prophets had their wilderness moments, and John the Baptist emerged from it to prepare the way for Jesus. And then Jesus goes out into the wilderness himself. That's where we find him in the fourth chapter of Luke. The wilderness places us in the stories of the Israelites coming out of bondage. It aligns us with the prophets and their suffering, and it brings us face to face with the temptation in the story of Jesus. So if we are in the wilderness, we're in good company. Jesus is led out to the wilderness, we assume, by the Spirit of God, and encounters the devil. And we don't spend a lot of time talking about the devil, but uh, in progressive and processed theology, we might understand the devil best as the personification of evil. And here, temptation. Now look at the ways in which the devil tempts Jesus. The devil twice questions Jesus' identity. If you are the Son of God, if you are who you say you are, show me. Of course, the devil already knows who Jesus is or he wouldn't be so interested in him. I'm reminded of Glenda, the Good Witch of the North, who says to uh, Dorothy about the ruby slippers, they must be very powerful or she wouldn't want them so badly. The devil must be threatened by Jesus or he wouldn't pursue him so avidly. And while the devil tempts and taunts Jesus to perform these party tricks like turning stones into bread, Jesus centers himself in the word of God. He quotes from Deuteronomy, the book containing the speeches and sermons of Moses just before he led the Hebrew children out of their wilderness. He's laying claim to what is not yet, but what will be, knowing that the wilderness is not forever. 
Howard Thurman preached that the temptations of Jesus were about bread and privilege and power. Jesus, having been fasting for 40 days, is no doubt hungry. And the devil chooses his greatest weakness, his hunger, to tempt him. Turn these stones into bread and save yourself. Ain't it true that we're most often tempted at the place of our greatest weakness or our greatest woundedness? It makes me wonder what stones we're being tempted to change into bread nowadays. Jesus doesn't give in to the temptation. He says we live by the word of God and not by the pangs of our hunger, the satiation of our hunger, not by the nourishment of the bread. Our strength comes from the unshakable foundation that is the word of God. When Jesus doesn't relent, the devil goes for the thing almost no man can resist, the allure of power. Bow down to me, he says, and all the kingdoms you see can be yours. Jesus replies, I will not bow down to you, but I will worship God alone. And finally, the devil tries to turn his faith against him, using his privileged place as a beloved son of God. And notice here that the devil is the one who starts quoting scripture. If even the devil tempted Jesus with the word of God, how can we be surprised when the word is used against us? And the devil says, if you believe that the angels will catch you, prove that belief. Jesus was unpersuaded. And the text ends with, and the devil had ended every temptation. He departed from him until an opportune time. Meaning, this ain't over. But watch as Jesus emerges from his wilderness experience. Just five verses later, in verse 15, Jesus utters that defining phrase from the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Emerging from the wilderness, he knows who he is. He knows what he's called to do. And perhaps this is the glimmer of hope for those of us who are in our own wilderness, that God brings us out of the wilderness experience, transformed and renewed and for a purpose. Perhaps in our current isolation, something new is breaking forth in us. A clarity of purpose, a renewal of some kind. I read recently that Chris Cuomo, the CNN anchor who contracted COVID-19, went on a something of a rant recently saying, I don't like what I do professionally. It sounds like in the midst of his illness and isolation, Chris has gained some clarity on what matters and what doesn't. I wonder if we're gaining clarity in our current situation. What will be different about us and in us when we emerge from this? I want to point out that not only does Jesus emerge with a calling and a clarity, he also emerges with a theological perspective. When his disciples soon after ask him, Lord, teach us to pray, the prayer that he teaches them seems to be directly drawn from his experience in the wilderness. Having gone through his time of temptation, he tells us to pray about bread and temptation and the kingdom and power, the very things that the devil tempted him with. He teaches them, thy kingdom come, not the kingdoms that this world promises, but the kingdom of God. 
Give us our daily bread so that we are not tempted to turn stones to bread, reducing the mighty power of the Holy Spirit to a party trick. Forgive us our trespasses. Jesus calls us to repentance, which is a hallmark of the wilderness experience. Lead us not into temptation as Jesus was led, but deliver us from evil in all its forms and manifestations. For the power and the glory are yours, O God, and no one else's. What prayer is emerging for us these days? What theological perspectives are we gaining, even in our isolation? Several months ago in a sermon, I offered an Appalachian rewriting of one of the Psalms. The songs and prayers of the Bibles in our own words helps us to make the scripture our own. How might we write the Lord's Prayer for ourselves? We may be in the wilderness now, and we may be stuck here a while, but we're in good company. We know it won't last forever. May we emerge with a greater sense of purpose and identity, a deeper understanding of our mission, a deeper commitment to community, that the kingdom of God be made real in our midst. We know that whatever we're going through, the wilderness is not forever. And we know that the best is yet to come. Thanks be to God. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows the Jesus. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. You've been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Brian Adkins, Associate Pastor here. We'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins Street at the corner of Napa and Hopkins. And I'm Senior Pastor Kristen Stoneking. If you connect to our podcast from further away, we would invite you to visit our website epworthberkeley.org. We'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time you're in Berkeley.